0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So we'll be doing uh, Igris Moshe Yerodei Chilak Aleph Simen Kuf Mem dalid. This is a truva from Rosh Chodesh av A'af Tavshin Tes Vav uh, 5715 uh, So we're in uh, 1952 I guess um, It's written to uh, Rabbi Aaron Jacobs uh, Moshe has so far as I can tell Four truva. I think Written to Rabbi Jacobs all within these two years He doesn't give him Uh, any titles, so we don't know, uh, at least I don't know where Rabbi Jacobs is from. He seems to ask um, interesting, uh, straightforward questions. Um, This is a shiva though, uh, I think that is um, special in a couple of ways. The content is really beautiful. That's not so special in Rav Moshe shiva. The structure is a conventional, sheer structure um, you know, with uh, a, with an opening question, and with some intermediate questions, which are then answered and then resolved to a uh, right, resolved to a much bigger question, kind of a chiastic structure. But most of the shuvahs are not usually written in that pure form, uh, so it's really a very beautiful shiva um, in that way. And uh, we'll try and present some of that to you, but it's definitely worth reading uh, on your own. Again, it's yeridei chelakal Simon kuf mem Uh It's a shiva that I have a particular liking for for two ways. Uh, one is that there's what I thought was a chiddush of mine, but not you know, a chiddush that I thought was, of course, pshat, and that everyone else has, um, has seen but not really stated, and Ramosha states it explicitly, so Baruch shakivanti. Um, and also, it responds to a question that uh, my wife, Deborah, often asks me, and it responds to it in a way that I think, um, at least it allows me to respond to that question in a, a way that I think will be very helpful. Okay, so let's. Um, we're going to start by presenting the question and the overall answer. We're not going to use the the model of suspense, but then we'll try and go back and recreate the intellectual structure. Um, so the question uh, asked of Moshe is as follows: There are um, three brothers. Uh, two of them are older and married and doing okay, and one of them is younger and not yet married. And they figure that in a, within the next couple of years. Their younger brother will get um, will get married, and he's right. Who's he's currently learning in yeshiva, and then he's going to have to spend a lot more to support himself, and they want him to continue to learn for a while after his marriage. But they realize that the year, whatever he gets married, they're not going to have enough money to in their annual stucca budget, which is taken as a given, whatever their annual stucca budget is. Uh, they're not going to have enough money that year to support him for the next year in learning. But what they can do is they can start taking money out of their up budget this year and saving it to support their brother whenever he gets married. The question they're asking is, but their brother doesn't have needs currently. Currently, the brother is a happy Kolnick. Can they take money out of this year's up budget um, for the sake of somebody, uh, somebody whose need is coming in the future? Um, sort of, right, we're not dealing with the question of how you prioritize what your second money goes to right now. Uh, the only axis is, is right, we're assuming that their money goes to whatever purpose it does. Maybe they have a separate money going to a separate fund just for support or an amount going just to support Torah or they've broken up their master in uh, specific ways. The question as framed is just about immediate needs versus long-term needs that don't exist yet. Serev Moshe's answer is that yes, you can do this. When giving stucca, you're not required to think about immediacy as opposed to long term. Now he says, but you know, I understand that there may be uh, there may be an issue that you may be worried that if you give the money now, that your brother will use it now, or will get married and spend it on the wedding, and he won't use it for learning. Um, so you're entitled to take precautions against that. But he says, um, if the money doesn't leave your um, your domain now. You won't fulfill the mitzvah of tzadkah this year, and he seems to think that it's a value to fulfill the mitzvah of tzadkah now, rather than two years from now, for whatever reasons he may think uh, he think that's wise, and so Moshe uh, invents the donor advised fund. What he says, I think you should do um, is you should take the especially if you don't trust your younger brother not to use the money um, for other purposes take take the money and put it uh, he says, in a bank, in a designated fund so that it leaves you rishus, because that way you're Mi right? So, right So the first really cool thing about this triva is that I don't know when donor advice funds uh, come into being, but Moshe certainly has them in the um, he has invented them in the 1950s. I assume that banks had a way of uh, doing that as well. Uh, although I'm not sure exactly what the mechanisms were to control uh, what you could give the money for or not. Okay, uh, now Ramosha says, um, but uh, now we're going to go back to the to the beginning of the show right? how he get, how he get how he gets to that place. Um, so Ramosha says there are um, contradictions in the in the sources, which we'll look at it with a little bit more detail later, as to whether when you're trying to prioritize stucca, do we look at what the need is. Where do we look at uh, who the people are? Right, we have places where we where we talk about, uh, right, whether it's prioritize Xus or Mazonos, and we have places where we say, um, So how do we resolve these contradictions? So Rav Moshe here comes up with something that I said in uh, in high school classes many years ago, um, and Barak Kivanti, I did not know Rav Moshe had said it, uh, he says that there's a fundamental difference between, really, halacha oh, talks about private stucca and public stucca, and private stucca and public stucca are not the same halacha at all. And what he says is that public stucca, what matters is, right, the first criteria is need. Um, right, that's why the Sogibak system is talking about public stucca. But private stucca, the only criteria that we have is, right, first, you're supposed to give to your kroven first, to your relatives, now, other than that, we don't care. Um, other than that, that, we don't care about uh, about need at all. Meaning that um, that you don't have to have equivalent needs. As long as as long as both parties are included in the category of those who are able to accept staka, you can um, give staka to whoever you prefer. They frame this as that you have a right of tovah ashana with regard to private staka. Right, you can choose uh, right, who uh, right, who will feel gratitude to you. But the public abayim. Um, have no right to think about such uh, se- such self-interested matters. Um, so therefore he argues that for a public stucco, you couldn't necessarily do this, although I think that will have to be complicated as we think about policy issues and the extent to which public stucco is entitled to take into account um, long-term needs in a different way. All right, it has to a budget for them as opposed to making a choice. Um, but private stucco... Um, but private stucco as long as it, somebody fits in the category of stucca, and even if somebody fits in the category of somebody who will need stucca, he talks about the case of uh, people who, who, right, who currently meet the income threat the, or the capital threshold um, that would not make them eligible for stucca, but they'll have to. it'll cost them money to get home. It's so about the time to get home. They'll need stucca again, so you can give them stucca now so that they can get home as opposed to putting them in an infinite loop. Um, so there's a fundamental difference between private and public stucca. Private stucca, there's a threshold... And then there's really only, once you meet the threshold of needing stucca, there's really only one criteria, which is uh, relatives first, whereas public stucca is constantly evaluating uh, relative need. And here's how he gets to that distinction. Uh, what he says is he has what he thinks is a clear indication that um, for pride, that stucca is based on, you know, all we, all we care about is karov or discretion, with one exception, which is going to say is going to matter, that um that we that the only distinction that matters really is other than than relatives is Tamil Khachamim have preference to Um but he says, now the Ramas says, um in Hilchot Saka Nun uh Aleph, um Chacham right the in his list of distinctions, Sarah sort of Moshe says the implication Rama makes is that if there is a difference of need, um, so then it sounds from the Rama that a difference of need trumps all personal distinctions, right? So a Kohen is Kohen to a little Levi if their needs are equal. But if the Levi's need is greater, then you give the Levi before the Kohen. Um, and he gets this because the Rama says that's not true by an and a Tamil Chacham. By an and a Talmud Chacham, even if the Tamil Chacham just needs clothing, and the Amah um, needs to be uh, survived, right? These and it needs to be kept alive, or the uh, or the wife of a talmud chacham, uh, talmud chacham needs clothing. So the clothing of a talmud chacham or the wife of a talmud chacham or Khabir uh beats the um, lachayos of of an, uh, of an Amara. So this is the question. My wife always you know, reacts in uh, moral horror to this. How could we possibly suggest that? clothing, the dignity of a Talmud Chacham or the wife of a Talmud Chacham trumps the life of an Amaris. So Ramosha gets to that question in the following way. He says, look, I just brought a Raya. What's my Raya? My Raya is that we said that the Ksus of a Talmud Chacham trumps the lahachios of, of an Amaris, Therefore, it must be that all for all other distinctions, um, what matter Mezonos beats Ksus, no matter who is involved. But he says that works only if, when we say that ksus uh, kodem um, am that am isn't pikoach nefesh, it just means a different kind of need. Uh, because if what we're saying is that a that a ksus of a talmud chacham beats actually saving the life of an am so then we would understand why that's not true of any of the others, right? It's not right, none, none of the others. Uh, none of the other cases could you prioritize clothing um, over life saving, but that wouldn't mean that you couldn't that you couldn't prioritize clothing over you know, over anything short of life saving. So his raya would fall apart, says Rav Moshe, if you understand this. Um, if you understand the um, if you understand the Rama. As actually preferring the clothing and dignity of a Talmud Chacham over the life of an Amarats. Now, why would you think that um, that you did? So he says there's a Shach that seems to suggest this. So the Shach says that nowadays we don't have Talmud Chachamim for um, all sorts of uh, halachos, particularly. The special halacha that you have to pay an enormous sum of money if you publicly embarrass a talmud chacham. We say that for our purposes, the Ramah says that there is no talmud chacham nowadays, and the Shach says, and that's also true for this halacha of preferring the ksus of a talmud chacham over an Amaretz because how could we possibly say nowadays that um, right, talmud chachamim who don't even merit those other uh, those other purposes uh, trump the pikuach nefesh of an Amaretz. So that sounds like. Um, the shach really says that we're talking about preferring the clothing of a talmud chacham over the life of an amaris. And if that's the case, says Ramosha, I have no proof at all uh, about other about the uh, the relative priority of need versus uh, versus personal distinctions in staka. So Ramosha's response to that is, well, I know that's what the shach sounds like, but he says, but it's obvious that God forbid that we should interpret the Shach that way. Shalom Amir le'amer klal. Because that idea, uh, meaning that we should understand the Shulchan Aruch um, literally as meaning that the Ksus of Atalman Chacham uh, takes priority over actually saving the life of not uh, right that is completely beyond the pale. To pikuach nefesh, afshalama shalam because pikuach nefesh, even that of nam haaretz, should Shabbos for whole of Torah, that push, right, you can be mechal Shabbos to save him, and any other mitzvah of Torah, except, of course, the big three, eich lo sidachem hatstaka, litenksus latam and chacham bishvil pikuach nefesh dam How could you possibly say that it pushes aside Shabbos, but it doesn't push aside the mitzvah of staka uh, for Nama haaretz, and therefore he says it's obvious that what the shach means is mezonos the Shach uses the language of Bikil but he doesn't really mean Pikulak Nefesh. So this is an interesting Lonitanla Klal because normally what Moshe says Lonitanla Klal he just says you can't say this. The whole point is you don't need to make an argument. Here he makes an argument, right? He says that it's unreasonable to make the claim. And the argument, you know, is an interesting way of framing it, right? That what we should but really we're saying is pushing aside the mitzvah of tzedakah but that's not the way most people, you know, if you understand it literally, you, don't, you wouldn't understand it as, oh, the mitzvah of tzedakah to an talmud is greater than B'kodach Nefesh. You would say the dignity of a Talmud Chachem we're talking about ends, not means. So the argument is questionable. And I think that's why it's really important that Moshe says, Leheh, he's read it, and I think that he thinks this is so important to say that it's not even enough for him to say it's out of bounds. He has to provide a rationale, but if you disprove this rationale, I don't think that would change the result at all. Um, so now the question is, though, I want to look and see, right? Is um, is Rav Moshe's moral intuition here that this is out of bounds, is that unusual? So the answer, so far as I can tell, is that everyone who has commented on this agrees. I have not yet been able to find Chenacharon um, who holds that we really think that the Xus of a uh, trumps the life of an Amaretz, even in a theoretical time where there are Tamilich who meet the Shachs. The question is first asked by the Mare Panem on the Ushalmi, so far as I can tell, uh, because there are places in the Yushalmi which may be just as troubling, whether the Yushalmi seems to uh, give priorities um, for one person over another in terms of saving lives. And there's a whole, at whether the Ushalmi also needs to be reinterpreted. But so far as I can tell, there is absolute consensus. Uh, with Rav Moshe, that the claim that you would prioritize uh, any aspect of the life of a Talmud Chacham, um, you, right, the, the language that we use is ksus, right, which is clothing, which is dignity. The, the notion that we would, in any way, prioritize the right, that the any aspect of the life of a Talmud Chacham over the actual life of namaritz is morally out of bounds. Lonitan <laughs> tan